Welcome to Subzi Life, Conscious Living with a Twist. My name's Faison Subzali. And I'm Dr. Syra. All right, Syra. And I'm a therapist. And you're a therapist, and I'm a coach. We work together, we talk about relationships on this podcast. We're on, married. We're married. Uh, what else are we? What else qualifies us to talk on a podcast? I don't actually think anything qualifies us. Nothing and I qualifies. think all kinds of people are doing podcasts out there. So if you happen to be listening to us, yeah. welcome. Um, we basically got a microphone sitting on a couch. Yeah. And a recording software. And that's what qualifies us to talk about <laughs> relationships. Well, I think what qualifies us is watching our friends um, in the past just really struggle with relationships and there's certain things that we've just known to be foundational and you have uh, you and i have never struggled with our we have really struggled oh, with have. our relationship as well <laughs> <laughs> um and so both from kind of a, a knowledge perspective but also from a lived experience perspective um yeah we just wanted to offer what we've learned and what we know yeah. um, and kind of start a dialogue and a conversation with other couples about what's working yeah. and what's really not working um and, and whether people listen to this or they follow us in other places our our bias is always to support relationships obviously as long as there's no abuse uh, uh, going on but ours is a viewpoint and it's a viewpoint that has supported us um and and obviously we want you to take this content and make it your own right, right? so make it make it work for you whatever works for you just because i am a certain way doesn't mean every man is going to be that way just because sire is a certain way doesn't mean every woman has to be that way and and we're we're obviously sharing our experiences yeah and and part of that experience is and i think it's what we want to talk about today sire is where does choice fit into any of this? So before we get into the topic, okay. I want to I wanna offer you something that I heard once on maybe a podcast or maybe of some sort of a presentation. The person said, don't believe anything I say. Don't believe anything I say. Hmm. Every single thing I say, map it against your own understanding, your own knowledge. See if it rings true for you. Um, it might be a stretch point for you, something you've considered and you know you need to work on, or it just might fall flat. And that's okay. Um, I think one of the things Faison and I have been talking about is diversity of perspectives, right? And um, what, like Faison said, what works for us may not work for other couples. So don't believe anything we say. Map it against your own lived experience and your own understanding. Um, but be open, be willing, be coachable. Yeah. Be open to ideas. Just hear, hear out the ideas. Try it. If it doesn't work, throw it out. <laughs> it doesn't mean, doesn't mean you have to live in a certain way to be a... Um, happy yeah to be happy what works for us we know will not work for many and that's okay and there are some kind of foundational concepts that have been well researched um and well tested and that's what we're trying to share with you is is you know what does the research say um and then also what what's been our lived experience so yeah just take all of that with a grain of salt as you're listening to this because this particular topic can bring up a lot of defensiveness in people why is that yeah so what we're, what we're talking about is the concept of choice. Right. What, what does that mean, Sarah? Like, so I think yeah. what we're talking about here is, you know, people say things like, what life are you choosing, right? And for somebody who feels stuck in their life, in their relationship, in their health, in their career, 
it doesn't feel like a choice, right? It feels like a trap. And so what we want to talk about today, what we really want to unpack today is this idea of choice um, and where choice can be really helpful and where it actually might feel a bit harmful. Um, and so we're going to kind of go into that as a, as a topic today. Okay. Why don't you, let's, let's start off. Let's start off by what, it, what does that mean for, from a choice perspective, like to live with choices. So, you know, Dr. Gabor Mate talks about trauma and Correct. one of the podcasts we were listening to his um, yesterday, day before was where he was talking about trauma and he, the way he defined trauma was this. He said, a trauma is a physical event that happens to you, right? A trauma is a physical event that happens to you. Something being traumatic, that's about what happens inside of you, right? So something physical can happen to you and, you know, inside of you, it actually doesn't affect you. That happens, right? Children break bones or they're in accidents or, or adults, you know, have these horrendous experiences and they go through them, but nothing inside of them changes, right? Their beliefs about themselves and the world don't change. When you're traumatized, it's because something inside of you changes. And so what we're talking about is not the outside events, because outside events are going to happen the way they happen. Other people are going to do what they do and we can't control any of that. What we're talking about is your internal responses to the cards that you've been dealt. Mm. So that's what we're talking about. Right. So, the, the, I mean, this is where the kind of sometimes the controversy or the defensiveness uh, starts, right? Is that the outside situation is something that's actually forcing me Right, like the outside situation of, uh, for you, mm -hmm. right, uh, as you were growing up, mm -hmm. your father leaving, mm -hmm. it caused a major situation shift, right, mm -hmm. where maybe you were on the brink of homelessness. Right, and so here's the thing: financial ruin. But here's the thing: so yeah, as a child, that's absolutely appropriate, right? As a child, you say this is happening to me, but once you're grown up. Right. But, why, but why? Like, why? Okay, explain to me. Like, And I <laughs> I agree with you. I, I'm trying to play the other side right now. Okay. I'm trying to say, right, like if I lose my job because yeah. the company didn't freaking manage their finances correctly and yeah. I lost a job or stupid COVID happened yeah. and threw the whole economy upside down and there are many people who've lost jobs, are in debt because of it, mm -hmm. right? And so... Like, yes, as a, as a child, I get it. As a grown-up, it's still impacting me. Absolutely. And here's the thing. You're allowed to be pissed off. You're allowed to be grieving. You're allowed to be upset about these external circumstances. Because if you weren't, you'd be a sociopath, right? Or maybe a monk on the mountain. Like, if nothing affects you, there's a problem, right? Things affect us. Absolutely. What, we're, what I'm trying to get to is... Once you're through the emotion of it, because I think it's important to move through those emotions, then what, right? Or, and, and how long are you going to stay in that space? So if you're angry about losing your job, that is valid. But if you're angry about losing a job that you had five years ago, well, we've have a problem now, right? Now you're just fueling a fire of something that no longer even exists. So, and that's a choice. Yeah, that no, part is the choice. That part is the choice. So, how do you how do you move to really how do you move through the emotion mm -hmm. to get to the point of okay I'm gonna make this choice of no it no longer upsetting me uh, I think for me it's now right like the choice like I, I'm fighting a fighting a weight battle 
I keep on going up and down in my weight. Mm-hmm. I have my food addictions, right? But it's like, I just do not want it to define me anymore. Right. So that's the point of, that's the choice that I'm trying to make is that I don't want it to define me. I think in order to understand choice, we have to take a step back and talk about a framework, right? So let's plot this whole conversation against a framework of psychology, where we talk about specifically psychodynamic theory and depth psychology, where we talk about transpersonal, where we talk about different levels of consciousness, right? So there are the things that we do day to day that are automatic, like taking a shower, Right. For many of us, that's for, for a child, that's not necessarily automatic. They have to learn all the steps. Oh, oh don't we, we know, know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to coach our children through all of these steps. And eventually the day will come where it's automatic for them. They know all the steps um, and they don't miss steps. and They don't pretend they've done steps. They just do it like you and I do or take a bath or whatever it is that people are doing. So there's that part of the mind that's like automatic it's on autopilot automatic functioning that's one one of the things we do when we're getting by in the human world another part of the mind are is um the conscious mind right and that's the mind that's making deliberate decisions so that is linked to the frontal cortex in the brain and that's the part of our mind that makes decisions does goal setting makes plans you know um does little tasks and big tasks to move us to where we want to be that's the conscious mind Unfortunately, the conscious mind only takes up a tiny, tiny, tiny part of how we actually view the world. It's like less than 10%. The unconscious mind is the rest of us. And one of my teachers, uh, Karen Day, she talks about the unconscious mind as there's two kind of parts to the unconscious mind. One is what she calls the critical unconscious, right? And that is the habituated patterns, right? So the patterns of thought and action that we've picked up from a very, very young age that we're continuing to engage in that may not actually be healthy for us. And then there's the creative unconscious. That's the deep part of the mind where you can actually have intention and build new things. It goes beyond the intellectual um, con. Okay, I, I feel like I wish I could draw you a diagram. Okay, <laughs> Can't do that on audio. Yeah. <laughs> like drawing your diagram. Okay, so think of your brain. Okay, the front of your brain is your your kind of captain, right? The back of your brain is your sheriff, and the middle of your brain is your first mate. And you have these different, and they have different jobs, right? So the captain's job is to plan and strategize. Now, there's another part of your brain that actually lives all over your head, right? We'll call that the magician, right? That's the part of your brain that just things just get achieved without much effort, but not because they're automatic, just because you've kind of been working on them without knowing for a long time. So it's like roots go down. Say, say for example, you decide you, um, phase on, you want to lose weight. Okay. So you make that decision and then you have, so you have two things you're thinking about. One is the conscious choices that you're making, right? The food that you're putting in the mouth, but you're also fighting you're critical and conscious. That part of you that is so stuck in a particular way of doing things that you're just going to keep on doing those same things over and over and over again. Okay. Right? Right. So what we want to get to is we want to engage the creative unconscious. We do that through meditation. We do that through personal development work. We do that through clearing emotions. We do that through emotion regulation. We activate this other part of us that can set intention and then allow things to unfold. That critical voice will always come up and say, you're doing it wrong, you're not doing it right, you won't be able to do it. That'll always be there. But the rest of you has to be stronger than that voice. 
But how, okay, that's that's great. How do you deal with that critical mind? So there's a, a whole therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, which looks at thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how you can actually, and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of books written about this. There's training programs, there's YouTube videos, like anywhere you go, you, you can find information about thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and how to modify your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors so that you can feel like you have more choice. So the first choice would be, the first choice in this whole story of losing weight would be the choice to lose weight. No, the choice to that there is a problem. The choice to admit to yourself that there is a problem. That's the first step. Correct. And a lot of people don't even want to make that choice. And so that's why they feel like everything's happening to them because they think they're stuck. They don't realize that that um, there could be a different way. And so one of the things we do in therapy is we talk about um, a miracle question. So if we were to w- wave a magic wand and you woke up tomorrow, Faizan, I'll ask you. If you were to wave a magic wand and you woke up tomorrow and you got to your goals... Well, how when you wait woke up, how would you know your life is different? Just wake up with energy. Okay, so you'd be energized. Way more energy than I've ever I don't I think I've ever experienced. So you'd wake up in the morning and you'd have lots of energy. What else would be different about your day? Um It's very focused. Like it's very intentional, so not focus. Sorry, it's very intentional. So you're making you you feel like your 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 day is intentionally kind of crafted, correct? Rather than just unfolding, yeah, unconsciously, yeah. Like rather than firefighting, okay. Um, intentionally working through whatever. Okay, so yeah. do you see how Faison solutions have absolutely nothing to do with losing weight? Because what you want is a feeling state, and you're assuming that losing weight will get you that feeling state, right? Right? Yeah. So what we want to look at then is what do you have to do today to get you closer to that feeling state? I agree. But losing weight also has uh, has a con- it contributes to that energy level. Agreed. Right. And so if- so I mean, and, and again, we're using weight loss. There's people who've lost work. Mm-hmm. So it, it contributes to their financial. Str- fi- well, and just to stress, stress management. Okay, so then like so, tr- trying yes. to trying to pay pay rent mm-hmm. or a mortgage mm-hmm. when you don't have an income, it adds to the stress. So it's like, how do you actually deal with the situation, g- manage that stress so you can take the next step? Well, you can't even begin to think about how to do that if you're emotionally dysregulated. What does that mean? That means if you can't control your anger, you can't control your despair, you can't control your worry, then you're not going to be able to do any of that. But you did say right, like that we are. And I know where you're going, so I, I'm still playing that devil's advocate yeah. and trying to uh, ask the questions. Is that you did say that we can feel our anger, we can be angry at the yes, situation, we right. can worry about that situation, right? Yeah. So, so what is so? How do you actually be angry with the situation mm-hmm. and emotionally regulate? What is that like? How does that fit? Okay, so that means you need techniques on anger management or worry alleviation. So for example, if somebody, you know, something happens, let's use the example of job loss, right? So you lose your job and you're mad about that. So you have to give yourself a period of time to move. It's like a, it's like a grieving process, right? So there's stages, there's anger, there's like, you know, shock and denial. And then there's like 
anger and then there's bargaining and then there's sadness and finally acceptance we have to give ourselves room to go through that process some people are going to take you know a month for that process some people are going to take six months for that process but you give yourself time and space to go through that process knowing that you're trying to get to the other side of this right knowing that I, i'm not gonna i don't it's, it's some people feel it feels like they're almost they like being angry they're so used to it, mm. right? And and I, I'm not saying that flippantly. This is actually a chemical thing that happens in the brain where you're dumping your body with so much cortisol that you're now expecting to get that hit of cortisol all the time. And when you don't get it, you create drama so that you get it. So we have to actually kind of um, detox ourselves from the stress hormones that are in us. And the only way to do that is through changing our thoughts and changing our behaviors. Really, there's no other way. Right. right. So first step is admitting that you have a problem. Second step is moving towards solutions. Right. And when you're moving towards solutions, now we're talking about what choices are you going to make to move towards your solutions? You could spend your entire life talking about your problems and never moving to, towards solutions. And I know people like that and they're not happy. They're just not. Right. right. So even if your problems are super valid, if you're going to spend your entire life complaining about them, then that's your life. Right. But if you're going to look toward moving for solutions now, here's here's an example. Maybe you can't move toward a solution. So, for example, it's a health limitation. Right. So you have diabetes. OK, I can't move towards solutions around that. OK, fine. What can you do to make the most of what's happening? Right. And so could you perhaps like something simple that one of my teachers said is if you're taking medication, for example, I take medication for my depression. Right. So when I take my medication, I'm actually thanking the person and the people who designed this medication, I say, thank you, thank you, thank you that that you did whatever you did so that I can have a normalized brain and I actually thank them. And I thank the medicine. Right. That's a choice. That's a choice to how I'm going to relate to my mental illness mm. rather than, oh, God, I'm still on these meds. Right. It's a choice. And so when we're talking about choice, that's what I'm talking about is how you're relating to your life mm. rather than what's happening to you in your life, because you, you're right. You can't ex- you, well, some in some circles, they would say you actually can attract certain things into your life. And that's like a topic for another day. But, you know, if we're looking just at the three dimensional world, yeah, you, it's stuff's going to happen. Mm. How do you react to that stuff that happens? And what situations are you putting yourself in? Right. Sometimes you put ourselves like you're talking about the job. Right. So Faison's looking at a career change and he keeps getting job offers in his field, in his old field. And so, you know, what, what decisions are you going to make? If you take that job, then you're choosing that old career, right? If you don't take that job, then you're choosing something else. So you're, you do have choice. Does this right. make sense? No, no, it, it makes sense to me. I'm trying to, you know, this is a difficult conversation with a lot of people, right? Because, because we don't want to blame the victim either. Like no. that's, that's the thing, right? Yeah. That's why people get defensive because they say, I'm the one who's suffering. How dare you say I had something to do with that? Right. And well, and then for me, right, like it took me a while. So there's this whole concept of uh, radical acceptance and radical accountability and Mm -hmm. responsibility Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I, when I was in, uh, you know, when I lost my life savings due to circumstances out of my control. I'm not going to talk about the story here, but it's uh, out of my control. Mm -hmm. It was like, well those mfers i'm not gonna curse here but right like they took my money yeah right right they took it when i lost 
my home. They took my home, mm-hmm. right? So it was always about them. And, it, you know, when I, um, it took me 10, 15 years <laughs> to get to a point where like, I had a choice. I had a ch- not, not a choice of, you know, those situations were going to happen mm-hmm. out of my control. Mm-hmm. But I have a, I have a choice of, do I want to continue telling that story? Right. Here we go. That's right. what this is So about. for me, it was not the, I didn't want to say that. I don't want to tell that story anymore. So and that's why I'm not you, even talking about that story so here. So how do you tell the story now? Or do you even tell the story? Like no, I don't. I, I, I so now. Isn't that repressing? No, well, for me, again, I work through it. I work through the emotions. How? For me, it's always been about, do I belong? Right? But when you say work through no, no, hold on. what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, so, so for me, it's about, I had to get down to, right? Like, so I had to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I had attended different workshops. Yeah. I attended different personal development. I'm reading books. So like, I to took responsibility. Yeah, I took responsibility on to say, okay, what is this about? Mm-hmm. Right? And through about 10 to 15 years of different types of work, whether it was reading, attending personal development workshops, uh, attending therapy groups, attending therapy sessions. It was for me. Reading, was, lots of reading. Lots podcasts. of reading. Lots of yeah, listening to podcasts. It came down to I never have felt like I belonged. Mm-hmm. Not belong to my family, not belong to a country, not like g- give a situation I don't feel like I ever belong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those stories were. So now when I tell the story, I tell the story of belonging. That if I, if there's a feeling that comes up, mm-hmm. I, I, I attend to the feeling and not to the story. Not to the event. Not to the event. Not to the trauma, but, f- but to the traumatic yeah. impact. Impact, yeah. Right. So like now it's like when sometimes, like, I, you know, I deal with the imposter syndrome, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, but that's also about my belonging. So I'm not talking about, you know, I don't feel respected at work. Or I don't feel like my voice matters. Mm-hmm. I used to tell that story. Right. But now the story is really about, you know, going back to taking responsibility. Like, oh, this is just my voice. So what you're talking about, Faisan, is a core belief. Yeah, right? but but that that came through making choices about, okay, I'm going to take ownership of this. I'm going to find out. What is my core belief? Yeah, what is my core belief? And, or what is the situation about? What is this situation trying really to teach about? me? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you just said it. What is this situation trying to teach me? Right? So if you look at all the places in your life where you feel like you didn't have a choice, what is this situation trying to teach me? Now, you but that's need, also you a choice. Need, that's also a choice, right? To, to you, ask that question. To ask that question, yeah. And we need a little bit of distance from the situation oh, God, to yeah. be able to ask that question, right? When you're in the middle of it, you can't ask that question because you're just firefighting, like Faison said. And even, you know, shortly after it, you're grieving. And so once you get through that grieving process, then you can look back and say, what? was I learning and I'll take it one step further for those who are actually kind of really kind of the my our our advanced students who are out there you can ask yourself that question in this moment what is happening right now and what am I being asked to see about myself usually it's just about myself what is happening right now and what am I being asked to see about myself sometimes it'll be that I need to set a boundary sometimes it'll be that I put myself in the same old situation once again sometimes it'll be that I need to do some self-care, right? So for our advanced students, you don't have to, I mean, you, you you would still have to experience your emotions and all of that, but you don't have to wait six years and then look back and then get the learning. You can get the learning right now as things are unfolding in your life. Right. So for those folks that are actually stuck, 
my personal recommendation would be feel the emotions because i think a lot of us and i know and a lot of us meaning like including me when i first started this journey i did not want to feel the sadness and the grief and the anger i could express my anger but i never wanted to feel the anger right like that anger was just like you said it was just a cortisol response mm-hmm. uh that was my fire that would just get me moving right that that's how i lived my life so is, is that a is that the first step feeling just say yeah this is happening and feel yeah, the so anger the first step feel is the this affected me right yeah. so admitting that this has had an impact on you then being willing to feel your feelings and you can do that in a variety of ways you can do journaling you can talk to a friend if it's really complicated you might talk to a mental health professional you can attend support groups there's lots of ways to work through feelings and then once you have enough distance from whatever that big event was now you start to look at okay how what am i learning from this right what am i learning from this and the people who've been able to pivot in this last couple of years are people who are willing to be flexible with their belief systems right that just because i think it doesn't necessarily mean it's true and how can i adapt and evolve my thinking to match my life as it looks today because you're thinking you know 10 years ago if you're still thinking the same way you're not evolving you're not changing and we the hope is that our consciousness is evolving all the time right so let's leave it let's i think leave that conversation there um and again this let's be very clear this is not about victim shaming we get it both sire and i uh, i'll speak for myself but i'm sure i can speak for sire as like both both of us i feel like have been in stuck we we know <laughs> we know what it feels like to be stuck mm-hmm. not to be able to move not to be able to feel not to that be able inertia, to yeah right? not not be able to see an inch beyond us to say yeah there is a solution mm-hmm. right so it's not and the solution might be i have to change my attitude about this that might be the solution that might be but yeah even just to get to that point we we get it we get the stuckness mm-hmm. um so yeah so this, but this is about when you're ready make that choice make that choice to see it in a different way just make the choice of maybe there's a different way to see this Okay, so until next time, smile more and worry less.